Hi, welcome to Piloting. I'm Melissa. And I'm Renee. And we're your hosts. Piloting is a podcast for people who refuse to live on autopilot, where we celebrate risk takers, go-getters, and anyone craving a change. Hello, how are you doing today, Renee? I'm really good. How are you? I'm good. I, (laughs) before we hopped on, we both had to get a couple of yawns out of the way. (laughs) (laughs) And I think just like 2023 is hitting me this week and I'm tired. (laughs) I'm just tired. And I feel like everyone can relate. I know I was like feeling holiday spirit last week. And then I think now the stress of end of year and um, both of us have some like chaos happening, like moving and things like that. Uh, yeah, so it's hitting me. It's hitting me hard this week. Yeah, I've been very tired. And it's, I think it's the combination of, like you said, a lot of stress in my personal life and work. And I feel like I haven't really gotten into the holiday spirit yet. And like Christmas is a couple of days away, but all of my typical holiday routines of watching all my movies and doing that stuff, I feel like I've just been pulled away from that this year because of everything else I have going on. And it's a bit of a bummer because this is my favorite time of year. Um, so I'm going to try and make the most of the handful of days I have left. But yeah, it's, it's a different a different holiday season this year. I can relate to that. Like, you know, we're in a we're in a temporary apartment and so we don't have like a tree up, like no point in spending money on Christmas decorations because we're literally moving our all of our stuff uh two days before Christmas, which we've done for three Christmas or two Christmases in a row. This will be our third one in a row. Um and so the last holidays have been like pretty chaotic. And so I have been able to watch a couple of um those like Hallmark esque movies. Those so gems. I have <laughs> I have been able to do that. And I did have to go on a hunt for those holiday Pepperidge Farm cookies. <laughs> I don't know if you're into those. I don't I think know. I know what those are. So Pepperidge Farm, they make like bread and they also make like cookies, Milano cookies. There's like strawberry, verona, cookies, macadamia nut, you know, all yes. those. I know those other ones um, you're talking about. They have those like this, the distinctive like white kind of like brick looking packaging. Mm-hmm. Well, around the holidays, they come out with their holiday versions of some of those cookies and they fly off the shelf. Oh, and yeah, like there's like a, a peppermint Milano cookie and like these like ginger cookies and uh, I do have a sweet tooth every now and then, and I'm a sucker for like the Pepperidge Farm holiday cookies. Mm. And yeah, I had to go to like four stores, <laughs> no shame, <laughs> to find them. Were you successful? Most importantly, I was. okay, I was. I was able to snag like four of the Milano pe- peppermint and like four of the gingerman cookies. So I was like, Ooh. yeah, success. <laughs> I'm not a huge holiday cookie person. But I very much get into like the hot chocolate, hot cocoa, and oh yeah, eggnog, vegan brand or um, non-dairy yes, brand. That non-dairy Swiss Miss, um, <laughs> amazing. But eggnog, we make such a good Jamaican eggnog in our family, and that is like my favorite part of the season. It's like the Christmas mm. cocktail. So even like this past weekend, I was in New York City moving. Um, 
apartments and a friend and I did tea at the Mandarin Oriental, which if you're looking for like a nice afternoon tea, I love it. It's like a very British tradition that we do in Jamaica. They have a gorgeous one at the Mandarin because it's in Columbus Circle and it's pretty high up. I think it's on like the 33rd or 35th floor. And so if you get a window seat, which we did, you get views of Central Park and so it's stunning the tea comes in this beautiful bird cage and their tea, their afternoon tea was holiday themed so we chose like holiday teas like i think my friend got ginger like some kind of gingerbread flavored tea mine was some they said hot chocolate but it's still a tea it was like different flavors of tea the Mm -hmm. the desserts were shaped like reindeer and santa's belly and like it was just very cute but decadent and fancy and like getting to like start that eggnog vibe. I've had like eggnog cocktails out with friends. I'm like, okay, this is now I'm easing into it in this Mm -hmm. like home stretch here, which has been good. Yeah. We've got a week (laughs) less than (laughs) less than a week. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Knock it all out. Cram it in. Um, Well, I'm going to admit something before we get into our topic. Well, a about the tea thing. You were the my first afternoon tea ever was with you in Spain. Oh right! Um, yeah, we should share some pictures. I don't know if we yeah. did. I don't know if we ever did share pictures of that, but that was really cute. Oh, that was stunning. Um, yeah, and it's just like it feels so like fancy. You know what I mean? I know. Like, we both looked so cute. Afternoon tea. Yeah, after trekking. So I'm surprised we look so cute after sweating. <laughs> um, and then B, I honestly don't know if I've truly ever had eggnog. <gasps> at least even like a memorial like a, a memorable eggnog because I don't even remember ever really drinking eggnog so oh yeah I'm kind of like shocked about that actually well <laughs> like, if I'm whoa. able to see you in the next two weeks um I will definitely bring you some to. eggnog I mean, yeah. we make a really good rum eggnog that has like a fun flavor, but you can also do it alcohol free if you're not drinking. Um, mm-hmm. But it's just, it's so delightful. The key is the nutmeg and like get mm. some nutmeg in it. Some people, you'll just use cinnamon sometimes if you're in a rush, but the nutmeg really makes a difference. Seals the deal. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Okay. I need to try eggnog. Can't believe I've ever had eggnog. <laughs> wow. I guess I, I just, I, air on the side of like the peppermint mocha Mm. the hot chocolate and have you noticed in every hallmark movie they don't call it hot chocolate they always say cocoa it's like a thing (laughs) every movie i swear no one has said ever has ever said hot chocolate they always say cocoa i wonder why i don't know but i digress but okay this is helping i I feel like this is getting us in the holiday spirit (laughs) it is no i'm i'm now i'm I'm like recounting i'm like actually i have done some holiday things yeah mostly beverages and food (laughs) on brand but getting there getting there yeah (laughs) me i've been doing the music yes the carols have been on good 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 (laughs) um but do you want to introduce to our listeners what we're going to talk about today Yes. So today we're talking about work friends, work besties, work spouses, whatever term you want to use for the people who make your work day feel a little bit less like work and just kind of have your back. So in our piloting journey, something that comes up in a lot of our conversations about self-improvement and taking risks and trying new things is really being mindful of the people around you when you're doing 
that journey, like who's in your corner and your support system and who's cheering you on. And a big part of that are the people around you. Like, and I think at work, especially having a work bestie, a work friend, a work husband or wife, you know, whatever you want to call it is important. And I know for me personally, having work friends have been crucial in my job enjoyment and honestly, my job tenure. (laughs) Like there Mm -hmm. are places that if certain people left, that would really have impacted how long I would have stayed at a place and and how much I would have enjoyed it and like really shaped my memories. Absolutely. I mean, you spend a lot of time at work. Like you, if you don't feel like you have a community and or a safe space at work, like work is tough. And I've had both of those things. I've had, I've experienced both places where I feel like I have had a really great group of people who understood me, who got me, who knew enough about me. Um, And then I've also experienced places where I'm like, I don't really feel a connection with people. And it, it makes a difference in my work. It makes a difference in the type of energy that I bring to that work and energy is like contagious. And so if there isn't a lot, I mean, even if you are in a toxic workplace, that camaraderie is so important, especially I think in a toxic workplace, because there's just a lot of things that people don't understand and wouldn't be able to understand. Even if I'm like talking to my best friends about something, a situation at work and my husband or my partner, there's just no way and and vice versa. There's just no way I can really understand his situation. I mean, he works in a hospital, so it's very different from like a corporate office setting. Uh, And so I need sort of like other people to vent and to have like a common ground with who understand the situation that's happening. So um, yeah, I think bottom line for me, straight up from like the first few minutes of the the podcast, I think work besties having solid work relationships are so vital and important and really helps influence things in and outside of the office. Absolutely. There was an article I read while I was preparing for this episode in Time Magazine about why work friends are crucial for your health. Um, And the piece said, having friends in the workplace can not only boost job satisfaction and performance, but also improve wellness. It's linked to a lower risk of burnout, better mental health, Mm -hmm. fewer traumatic experiences, and maybe even a longer lifespan. So to your point, yes, having friends at work makes the workday a little better. But I think it's important to talk about how it also just impacts your life outside of the office or outside Mm -hmm. of the hours that you're working. Because I know for me, if I'm in a really stressful work situation or I'm having really difficult experiences or relationships at the office, I'm not someone who can just immediately turn it off once the clock strikes time to, you know, punch out. Like it takes Mm -hmm. a little while. And I think... I, that's something I'm working on is, is not carrying the stress and the upheaval that it does to my nervous system <laughs> longer <laughs> than I need to. That, that's definitely mm-hmm. a work in progress. But it's nice knowing that having work friends maybe makes 
the level of that stress a little lower. Maybe it helps Mm -hmm. me kind of process through some of those experiences quicker so I can move on and like get that frustration out faster. It, it's so important beyond just what you're doing in the day to day. And and I like what you said too, like not everyone can get it. I've definitely had boyfriends who are on my side and they're supportive, but they don't always quite understand, well, why is that so annoying? Or yeah, why like was nuances. that such a big yeah. deal? Or yeah, you're right. That sucks. But I don't work with that person. So I, I can't really mm-hmm. understand just how much it impacts your day beyond just like what I'm hearing talking to you and yeah your friends at work get it because they're like (laughs) they're going through it too like you're trauma bonding together (laughs) (laughs) which is something I wish that like Uh, so many of my friends that's exactly just what it is it's just trauma bonding (laughs) I know I wish so many of my work friends like weren't like shaped around remember when we were in the trenches together (laughs) So many of them were. It was like, oh, you and I both felt like we were circling the drain. And that's what bonded us together. I think a lot of my text messages to my old coworkers, now friends, start that way. Remember when dot, dot, dot. For sure. Like, but it, yeah, having someone you can like make eyes at across a conference room or send mm-hmm. like a meme to in your I am platform of choice and just feel seen (laughs) and heard is it's really special. That's exactly what it is though. I think like for me, it helps me (laughs) literally feel not crazy because there Mm. are so many, and and sometimes I I need that of like, did anyone else hear that? Did, did anyone else like experience this? Like, am I reacting? Am I overreacting or am I, reacting like I should be reacting like this is the appropriate level of response I'm like no one else in the room is like maybe they're feeling it but they're not really showing it I don't have a great poker face so it's gotten me in trouble a couple of times but yeah you just like sort of need that person on the other side of the screen on the other side of the room you lock eyes and you're like yeah right (laughs) you she just said she just said that. Yeah. And I think we, it's the camaraderie, it's the feeling seen, it's the feeling heard, it's the not feeling crazy and your your feelings are validated, your experience is validated. Um, but also like just laughing, humor, laughing in the office, mm-hmm. in life is just really necessary. And me and Eric talk about this. I hate when I do that. Eric and I have talked about this all the time of just like needing to laugh more in life you know of just being able to laugh through situations and not in a way to like hide what's actually happening but every now and then like it, what we said last time like life is life in and so we need to be laughing <laughs> that's true and and even I agree with you like we should definitely leave space to feel to feel your feelings but sometimes also it is good to laugh through it like sometimes maybe I don't need to experience every slight and maybe I can just <laughs> laugh through some of them and not all of them need their own dedicated moment <laughs> because depending on your work situation you'll be feeling a lot all yeah. day <laughs> so 
<laughs> but I, I do, yeah, I think laughter is super important. And I guess how have, do you have any rules for mm. work friends? Because I I think they're such, they're beautiful, but at the same time, it is a workplace. And depending on, depending on the people mm. you work with or the environment, a really beautiful friendship could create problems down the road if you're a little careless and mm-hmm. who you choose or what you do in that dynamic. Do you have any sort of like personal rules for a work hmm. bestie? Um, I definitely feel like when I was younger, there were less rules and less boundaries especially at, like at my first like real job, I think we, I'm laughing because you were giving like them your first... social security number. <laughs> like <laughs> would do anything and everything for these people and still would. And I actually consider those friends that I made back then closer to like my rider dies than maybe some friendships that I've created more recently. And I don't mean that to like, I'm not trying to compare it or anything like that. It was just like a different time where we all were experiencing agency life pretty much for the first time. We were all basically in our, in our mid twenties. And so work wasn't, <laughs> we called it more, we called it like more of like a university than like a workplace. Um, and it was also like a boot camp. And so we were all just in this like mental space of like, we understand what's happening to us. We're getting taken advantage of like work-wise. We know we're getting paid shit. Um, So we're going to all laugh through it. We all know we're going through some traumatic experiences together and we're just going to be each other's ride or dies. And so I just feel like there were no, (laughs) there were no rules back then and like blurred lines and and I don't mean that I mean this all like platonically like we just all were each other's person back then nowadays I don't necessarily rely so emotionally on my coworkers as I did before like I definitely would be okay with sharing my slack messages now then I would feel comfortable sharing my Slack messages back then. <laughs> Wait, what do you mean? Like sharing them like with the company? Yeah, like if, you know, I don't know. Breaking news, Melissa's Slack messages have been revealed and they were from this last company. I'd be like, yeah, whatever, that's fine. Oh, Nothing no. Nothing really to hide. But the <laughs> Not me. <laughs> the ones where I feel like I've made like those kind of work besties – I would cry if they ever (laughs) were released, you know? And I feel like that just shows like how close, like you can get with people and just like how raw and, and how like, (laughs) I don't know. So maybe I don't have rules. I think because maybe the more traumatic the place, the better relationships I tend to have at the workplace And then maybe the more rules I have when things are just like lighter and like I don't necessarily need to have this intense relationship with other people because the place isn't as intense. Mm. And we sort of like have stronger boundaries with like work and we're like, okay, well, work can be work. And so I'm going to live my personal life versus maybe in other places I've worked. It's like work is 
is all of me right now and therefore the lines are so blurred that everyone is just like in everyone's business i don't know (laughs) yeah didn't really answer the question well, no, you, you shared that you're okay with your Slack messages being released today. I think that's where you uh, and I are different. In this recent company, yes. <laughs> Everything before 2022, no. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't want anyone ever seeing any of my Slack messages at any place. Because at all, to me, I feel like my relationship with my work friends, sometimes it's almost like a therapy session. So it's not even... That I'm necessarily there. something saying something bad. I mean, sometimes it might be, and it might just be in the moment I was heated and I needed to get it out. And, mm-hmm. you know, like if you've ever seen, you know, some people have these exercises of if you're in a fight with someone, write the email or letter of everything you want to say, but then don't send it just so that you mm. can get it out. I think my Slack channels is that exercise. And I think if anyone (laughs) saw them, it'd be like, listen, I have no intention of saying this to people. I just had to get it out of my system like I would in a therapy session. And I've moved on. So do not hack into my Slack or I will, I'll just quit because I like, I'll beat you to it. (laughs) Renee, there's this one time in my old company where I had quit they completely forgot to erase me from the Slack channel. <laughs> and so <laughs> I, you know how like when you do get erased, that person becomes like deleted user. Yeah. So all I, <laughs> this is so bad. It's fine. I changed my name to deleted user and removed my photo. So like, it looks like I was deleted, but I wasn't deleted. It was only for like a very short period of time. What did you and see? And I was just like, no, it was nothing bad. I was just like pinging like my work besties. Um, we called each other where I, where I used to work. You can find it on LinkedIn. So it's fine if I say the name was Walk West. And so we, all of our like text message groups and like whatever is Walk Westies turned besties. Oh, I don't know. That's so cute. cute. And it's still called that uh, to this day. I and love like that. And I think out of all the places I've ever worked, Walk West was, is a place that's still like people still interact with each other. Like no one works there. Like everyone has, everyone's gone separate ways we live in different some of us live in different countries uh in different states and all day every day I just like see all these like reunions happening all the time um and even when I was laid off a handful of people from walk west were the ones who reached out to me um and then the recent job I had I got my foot in the door because of people from walk west and so I, I feel like it just continues to be a place that drives a lot of like future connections and future opportunities. And so, yeah, I think having like good relationships at work and like people you know and can trust can really lead to other opportunities. Um, and so, I yeah, agree. it's important to, to build them. I Yeah, I mean, I've been really fortunate in that almost every job I've had, I have made a friendship that still exists to this day, sometimes mm-hmm. like a decade later now, where we're going to each other's weddings, we're traveling internationally yeah. together, we are still meeting up, maybe not as frequently as we did when we were co-workers, but 
at mm. least once a year, oftentimes more than that. And if we're not seeing each other in person, it's, you know, sending DMs on Instagram and texts for birthdays. Like we're still connected in that way. Like we make that effort to maintain the relationship. And yeah, it's been really helpful outside. I, several times it's been job leads for other places. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, um, depending on the friend group and each person's level of comfort, it's been salary transparency of, hey, we're in yes. a similar industry in a similar level. Is this offer fair? Is, is this something that's great? And I've benefited from it both ways. I've learned when I've been underpaid and undervalued, and I've been able in other times to pay it forward to a friend and say, no, listen, like there, that's too little for you. Like you should be asking Mm -hmm. for more. And, and yeah. And I mean, in personal life too, like I've, we've, you know, met each other's romantic partners. We've, Mm -hmm. you know, just been in, been in each other's way and in a big city too, like New York, where there's so much going on and it's so easy to feel lost in the shuffle. If you don't have your core people, it's been nice to, like you said, take that relationship from work and bring it to your personal life and like your real life. And as some of us have changed careers or, you know, started thinking about wanting to do other things, it's like people who are in my corner who are like, I've known you from way back when, like when Mm -hmm. we were, I feel like we both talk about our early jobs with a lot of like war metaphors, (laughs) like like in the trenches, like trauma bonding, like we're in the same platoon. Like that's a rite of passage. It's like a World War Two when I think back to some some of the late nights, and I truly mean late oh nights post midnight in the office. But those friendships really cemented there, mm-hmm. and yeah. So I guess sometimes for me, I don't. I think the rules I have are the rules are more so just in figuring out who is a work friend versus who's a colleague I have a good relationship with. Cause I think once you're a work friend, I just kind of treat you like any yeah. of my other friends and <laughs> no rules. <laughs> or the, rule, the rules are I'm a little kidding. soft. I mean, listen, I've like fully moved in with a coworker. So like, I'm just like, we're so close. Oh, that is something I haven't done. I ha- I've never had a coworker as a roommate. <laughs> yeah. It was temporary, but I also wouldn't have done it with any of my, uh, there was like maybe two people who I would have d- done that with. And yeah. it was because we just had like a really good relationship outside of work also. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think if you're like a real friend, then it becomes casual. My rules are most so in like figuring out who to trust because you can get mm-hmm. into a situation if you trust too quickly or you trust the wrong person where you might get punished for being too relaxed with a colleague, mm-hmm. you know, like, so I would just say tread lightly until you figure out, oh, this is someone I can really be fully honest with because you just don't know what people might say in a one-on-one like, oh, you know, Melissa mentioned this to me and you're like, oh, I thought I said that in confidence mm-hmm. or, you know, these are some vibes I've been picking up from Renee or, you know, just kind of really vet your work friends yeah. first but <laughs> yeah but if you're Sometimes feeling good you have with to, like, someone learn yeah. the hard way <laughs> oh yeah we've we've all lear- one time I was punished at a company for not being close enough to people like there was like a what? bit of well there was a company where like it was a little clickish 
And there were some people who I worked with who are my age who they were lovely people, but I just didn't feel like I could trust them. Like there were other people in the organization I felt more comfortable with. And I think they saw my resistance to like join in the gossip and key key with them as that I was untrustworthy. And I was like, I'm I'm not reporting anything about you, but like I just get a vibe from these key keys mm. that I this isn't one that I want to be a part of. Um, And that happens sometimes where, you know, you're not going to be best friends with everyone you work with. I think that is for the best. (laughs) But I also don't like when there's no one I'm close to. I've been to companies where people, I think I might have said this on the podcast, where you would be talking to someone and they just leave. No one would say goodbye. It was like, like, did I just imagine that you were here? (laughs) It was so... Strange. I, it just, I, like, like, it sounds so small, but I was like, I would say goodbye to a stranger. You and I like work together, and they would just walk by with a bag and just nothing. And I, I'm I just was like, why? Like, this is so bizarre. Like, why am I here? Uh, <laughs> um, you know, and maybe like we've been, we've both have been lucky with finding good people in the chaos and rubble of the war that we were in. (laughs) Um, At least I feel, I feel very lucky about a lot of, a a lot of people actually that like I can count on my hands of like, I would trust, I trust them still to this day. I may not talk to them every day, but like I still trust that they do good work. They're good people. They have good hearts. And would love the opportunity to like work with every single one of them again and again. Um, and yeah, you're right of that, about like treading carefully and like trusting your gut as to like who you open up to. And I, it's like, I mean, ugh, it's like dating, like building and having friendships is similar to like dating romantically and just sort of like testing the waters. Like, do we vibe? We don't vibe. Ah, like there's like a lot of dynamics in the office as well. Um, I don't think I've ever really made like a work enemy, (laughs) um, at least like not in an intense one, but yeah, I definitely haven't, I don't get along with everybody and, um, I personally think that's okay. I actually am more weary of you if you get along with every single person and agree with every single thing everybody says. Like, I like to see, I personally like to see a little bit of like sauciness of like oh you didn't agree and it's okay if you don't agree um I there's a lot of things that I don't agree with people that I love the most in the world and that's just like how it is um so I you know (laughs) I don't even know where I was going with that (laughs) I just I'm laughing I'm still like envisioning just someone walking out completely and like not saying goodbye also because a lot of like my goodbyes in the office on my terms the goodbyes that I've left on my terms have been so like dramatic and drawn out like I remember at Walk West this episode where... is sponsored by Walk West <laughs> <laughs> they still exist um completely different people so I, it's not even the same kind of company where I worked at but like I took the marketing team to lunch and this is when I told like a few, like a handful of people already that I was leaving, but like, I made this, like this whole thing where like, I, I 
I invited everybody to lunch. We're all like sitting around this like brunch restaurant. <laughs> You're like the farmer's market in Raleigh. And I am like telling them I'm leaving and like bawling, bawling my eyes out. Everyone's bawling. It's like, as if like we've had a death in the workplace and and you know what I mean? I And I just feel like it just like goes to show like how close you truly get to these people and how much time like you spend with these people that like it does feel like you have like you grieve when somebody leaves and you're like, why am I even here? <laughs> like yeah. and it, it kind of like dominoes effects where like one person out of like your core group or whatever leaves and you're like, wait a minute we can leave <laughs> you know like it kind of yeah creates this like to be wave. to be clear though I feel like this company they were good about if people were leaving the organization like I like I they had a going away drinks for mm-hmm. me mm-hmm. it was more just like at the end of the work day you'd be talking to someone and they would just like grab oh the back and walk out oh <laughs> You meant when they like quit and they just left. No, I mean sometimes that has happened too. Like I, I, I have worked somewhere where they didn't want to tell any of the clients I was leaving, which I was like, they're gonna know on Monday. <laughs> I'm not on the call. That's and they didn't send anything to any of my colleagues that we were having a mm. meeting on the last day, and someone was like, "So can you pick that up for next Wednesday?" And I was like girl I'm not doing any more work like I have six more hours here (laughs) like they just didn't tell anyone that I was leaving so unless I had personally confided to a friend they just didn't say anything but whatever (laughs) uh I was at another workplace where I was leaving but I didn't have another job lined up because sometimes that's like an easier narrative especially when you're working like with clients to say, oh, yeah, Melissa's leaving us, but, you know, she's growing and she's moving on up and she's going over here as a senior, this position. And like. <laughs> Better than just saying she doesn't want to be here anymore. <laughs> My ass was like, <laughs> didn't get a job after I left the place and didn't plan to for like a couple months. And so I remember having so many meetings of them being like, so what's our narrative? Like, what are we going to tell our clients of why you're leaving? And I'm like, well, I told you exactly why I was leaving. So you can figure it out. <laughs> and I, they She's just, just were like moving on, <laughs> squirming. They were squirming, like freaking out, like to let people know that I was leaving and I didn't have a job lined up because that just feels you know what I mean? Like the, the optics. Yeah, it reflects off. poorly on them as an org. But that doesn't and have I get to. It. Because I, it, you could leave an organization that you really enjoy just because you need some breathing room. It doesn't have to mean that the place was awful. Yeah. Could, you know? Maybe I don't you just wanted what a sabbatical. Ended up saying, but I, yeah. Because they would be like, oh, are you going somewhere else? And I'd be like, no. I'm going home. <laughs> <laughs> I am getting my life back. Thanks. <laughs> I do have one question for you, though, about um, work besties. And it's this, mm-hmm. I feel like we don't use this term anymore, but like work wife, work husband. I, I know that's quite oh, yeah. gendered and sometimes people call it like a work spouse instead. But have you ever had like, well, we're, I don't know to be outing you on the podcast. You're married, so I don't think I'm outing you. You're a straight <laughs> woman. <laughs> 
as am I. Have you ever had a work husband? And mm. do you see anything wrong with people having work spouses? Or great question. So at face value, I say no. I think I believe in platonic relationships. I believe that I can have friends who are, you know, straight and male and I am straight and female and it be platonic and grow into a friendship where I could adopt a term like work husband. Um, I've never, I don't like, I've no, I don't think I've actually ever used that term for myself, but yeah, I think I, I've had friendships where if I had to put a definition, like I would define it as like having a work husband-esque type relationship. I would say the same for Eric of like, he also works in a female dominated field where like a lot of nurses and RTs are female. And so most of his friendships at work are female. And so I believe in having platonic relationships. However, I do think that every now and then there are definitely, I've seen situations like in real life and in the movies where like those lines get super blurry and are questionable. And so I, I proceed with caution sometimes, <laughs> you know, when, when things get, when, when people are like using those terms and, and cause I, I feel like sometimes people may mask, ah, can flirting be harmless? I'm asking myself this question. Yes. I think it can, but sometimes it's not. And, and and so I think maybe some people may say like, oh, like my work husband and just like take it to another level. Um, I have never taken it to that kind of level. And I don't mean like taking it to the next level, like affairs are happening and like people are like sleeping with each other and emotionally invested. Like I just mean crossing a line where like, okay, that's a little too much. Um, but I mean, at the same time though, like I, I, I do believe in platonic relationships. I think it's good to have relationships with the other sex. Uh, I think it's important and I value Eric's relationships with his coworkers. They have since now become my friends. And I would like to think that, you know, he feels the same way about like my work friends male or female that I've made in the past. Um, but what about you? Have you have you ever had like someone you would define as like a work husband? I have never used the term work husband, I don't think. But I have. I have had those re- I mean, I've also had those relationships with women, um, but I've I've definitely had those <laughs> yeah. relationships. I think I've had more work wives actually. Yeah, I was like <laughs> I'm I'm definitely like a a girl's girl, um, I guess is what you'd say like my interest in my personal mm-hmm. life maybe. So I, I have a lot of those female friendships, but I work really well with men. Um and so I have Yeah, had, you shared that with me before, yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like in my works my working personality like just jibes well with like men, just like straightforward. Let's just like mm-hmm. boom, 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 knock it out. So I've had I've had some men that I've worked with, um, 
Corey, I think you could probably describe it as a work husband where we had each other's back. We shared inside jokes. We would like look out mm-hmm. for each other. Like, is your workload okay? Oh my God, I saw that happen to you. What's up? And I don't think it ever, I don't think it any, it crossed any lines. I mean, not from my perspective, at least. And I don't mm-hmm. think they would feel the same way either. And it is helpful, kind of like you. I think it is healthy to have relationships with the opposite sex that are just platonic. And mm-hmm. in the workspace, for me, it, it's helpful to get a different perspective also. Um, yeah, good point. You know, like, and particularly when I had more work husbands, it was when I was working in like tech and fields that were a little more male dominated anyway. So mm-hmm. it was helpful to kind of gut check with I guess what I'd call my work husband, like, am I crazy here? Um, what do you think? Mm-hmm. Like, can you take my emotional response? And like, not that mm-hmm. I need them to validate it, but just kind of help contextualize, okay, I see you in this respect, but like in these ways, I think maybe you're taking it a little too far or mm-hmm. I got you. You know, it's it's just, I felt like it was it was helpful. Um, and yeah, I, I think I think it's nice. Uh, I'm trying to think if we and there was probably I mean, there were some people where there was zero flirting. It really was just fully platonic. There was yeah. some where maybe it was, yeah, I guess just harmless flirting, but very light. Like neither of us were interested in each other. We were just, I don't know, just being playful. So I don't even yeah. know if it's flirt. Like, is it flirting or is it just being playful as like friends? Like, mm-hmm. you know. That sort of thing. I I asked too, because I was reading an article that it talked about, yes, you have to be careful with work spouses because obviously things can, if you're not careful, blur lines. You don't want to upset your like existing real romantic relationships um, Mm -hmm. over something that's not going to go anywhere. Uh, (laughs) Although, whatever you do, it's your life. Uh, (laughs) But this article, which I'll put this in the show notes, it actually said that sometimes having a work spouse is helpful to your relationship in your real life because sometimes you'll likely feel less of a need to worry or vent about your work after hours to your partner to the same degree, which can just help your mental mm. health and your relationship. So yes, I can vent a little bit to my partner just so that they're aware of what's happening in my life. I'm not I'm not replacing them or shutting them out with a work spouse, Yeah, but it's also like, he doesn't work with this manager or this client. So maybe he doesn't want to hear about it every day for 30 minutes. (laughs) Well, it kind of like leaves space for other things in your relationship that you can work on in a good way. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I would probably, yeah, get sick of my conversation with Eric if 99% of the things were about intubations. (laughs) And I'm like, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and it would be annoying. I would assume it would be annoying for him to have to like explain every single nuance and, and all that stuff. So yeah, I, I see that. I mean, I think it's just like ha- seeking solace and having like a safe space to vent. Cause there are so many layers and pie slices in our lives. Like we can't, I think Michelle Obama said this, like we cannot depend on our partner to fulfill, maybe that's not the great the what the right word for it. Fulfill or just acknowledge or just like check every single box of that. You know, like how her and and Barack were on first name basis now. Michelle and Barack have <laughs> um, 
<laughs> you know, like sh- they talk about in her book, they were talking about like the, the types of relationships they have outside of their marriage that like you mentioned helps their marriage in the end. So I, I definitely see that. I also feel like, I mean, this is, so when I think of like work besties, you know, that tends to be in the line of like colleagues, non-leadership fault. Mm, um, I like where you're going. Yeah. <laughs> and just talking about the openness and rawness and realness maybe and like leadership and even with like your direct manager um i think that i've had both very positive experiences with that and i've also had not great experiences with that and i you know i i know that i am i'm open like i'm 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 honest at work i definitely feel like there are a couple times where my tone could have been better. We've all been there. <laughs> Oops. Um, but I also think they could have been better as well. But I have been in situations where I've been just like open and just like, you know, myself at work and it being used against me. And so that has made me sort of like reel, reel it back in a bit which is is sad in a way that like you can't just like show up as yourself and and you know what I'll just I'll just share the story real quick because why not let's be let's be spicy let's be saucy I don't care <laughs> anymore <laughs> about this particular story. So, I'll try to keep it short, but during COVID, Eric started being a travel wanted to be a travel respiratory therapist. Um, but technically at my job we weren't this was during COVID, so we were working from home, but typically it was five days you're in the office every day. And so I had to approach them, even though we were in COVID, everybody was working remote, that I wanted to, that we were planning on doing this. Like we we wanted to, as a family, try travel respiratory therapy, or um, he would be a, tra- a travel respiratory therapist, and we're thinking his first assignment would be in Florida, blah, 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 blah. And it was this whole like drawn out situation and I get it. It happens. And not my direct manager, but our department manager, whatever, our VP, um, I had to have the meeting with her and things that I had shared with her, like kind of in private, she used against me in this meeting and she didn't do it openly, but like, let's just say in Google Docs, <laughs> I think I've told you this story before, uh, where she was basically like, okay, we're going to extend an exception for you, Melissa, so you can work remote. Even though I've been working remote for like three freaking years, you can re- work remote for three months in Florida. Um, and so she made like all these like stipulations, all this stuff. And I was like, cool, cool, cool. This is really exciting. I'm glad they understand. Well, when you edit documents in Google, you can look at previous versions. And I saw a previous version of this document that she wrote. And it wasn't nice at all. And she basically, uh, without giving too much away, it was like three pages of notes on basically why, like, I think she was just like trying to work it out in her head and basically laid out 
personal details of like why we decided to do this and then she says she has like a section about like her her predictions and because I had mentioned that I wanted to become a mom one day (laughs) she said I'm gonna quote it verbatim Melissa may be buying her time with this out-of-state remote plan fully avoiding ever reintegrating physically with blank then once they begin family planning, we'll leave blank per her comments about parent leave. We likely have her on our team until the middle of 2022 through the end of 2022. <laughs> you have shared this with me. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm like airing out dirty laundry and showing the receipts because that to me is just like, that is also on the other end of the spectrum where you've gotta be careful about like how open you are about things because it's like I know it's like a private prediction but that was just like gross to read yeah and I literally read it out I read this document out loud when I left the company and I said look this is why like I am so open and I was open about my journey to motherhood because I wanted to be there I at the time like I enjoyed working there I enjoyed working who I was working with and we had no parental policy one week, one week paid. It was all we got. Which is insane. Like your body hasn't even healed if you, and if you have acquired a child through other means, like you like haven't even finished bonding with your baby or child yet. <laughs> and like, I was like, I'm not saying it to be mean. I'm just saying like, if we're going to, if you want people to stay here, And you, you know, like, I'm being open about it. And this was like, I wasn't even trying to have a kid. This was like four years ago (laughs) where I first had a conversation to them about it. I'm like, hey, just taking a look at our parental policy. Is this something that is up for discussion? I'd like to, you know, I know we're a small company, but blah, 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 blah. And then all of a sudden it's like, (laughs) she's going to (laughs) quit. This is her out. (laughs) This is the timeline. Yeah, I'm so... A, I really applaud your investigative skills going through previous edits. I And I wasn't being sneaky about it. Like, I just wanted to see who had access to this doc. It's okay if you're being sneaky. Who made edits before I got it? Because I wanted to know. I'm like, okay. Like, she's, you know, my VP. I know my manager has to see it, our CEO. So I was like, okay, who's who's been in here? Because I'm getting, like, the end result. And I was like, what is this version? Yeah. <laughs> And I'm sorry that those experiences, though, have, like, pushed you into – and I hope that they haven't, like, permanently pushed you into, like, holding back more of yourself. I feel like my career journey has been the opposite, where I started with so much close to the vest, and a lot of that's my Mm. own – I'm an immigrant, I'm a woman, I'm black. You know, I just have all these – things against me that I just want to be the model employee which means I'm not going to show any emotion I'm just gonna Mm. be this Teflon resilient person and like experience what I need to experience privately but like externally Mm -hmm. just like it'll bounce off me I have no emotion or feelings about anything and then that got to a breaking point where I was like that's not healthy it's not authentic and I don't Mm -hmm. think it's really serving me by faking it so heavily and and I've I've found more freedom in allowing myself to be more of myself at work 
but like you, I've, I've experienced it both ways. I've experienced the beauty of having someone, and you're speaking about leadership. I've been in great positions where having leadership know more about my certain aspects of my personal life. They're mm-hmm. not in and out with my like dating life, but like understanding like certain things about my family dynamics or like where my head is in certain moments mm-hmm. and like where I'm, if I'm feeling burnout has like given me the space and like the support from them to like give me what I need knowing that like we're all slightly different as employees meeting you where you are yeah and it's been super beneficial to me and ultimately to them because then I was able to like be recharged and like deliver at a higher level because Mm -hmm. they were able to see me as a full person um I've also had like you an experience where I was leaving a job and it was just like I really just wanted to get out of there and then I was speaking with a manager about it and I got emotional and you know, I just had a human moment. I cried in front of her and was just explaining like some of my frustrations, not even so much with the job, but just about like that direction of my life. And I I kind of mistook it as, oh, wow, this older woman in a similar industry. I didn't plan to cry, but like we've had this really beautiful moment of connection mm-hmm. and it was just nice to have her sit with me. And <laughs> that was not what she took away <laughs> from our moment because like when I left the organization like someone higher up was like you know we wish you well I know that you're like you've been going through like I think the word she used was mental breakdown (laughs) oh I mean we I honestly I think I might have giggled when she said that because I was like I, I don't think I've ever had a mental breakdown thankfully knock on wood but that's Okay, you know, (laughs) and it was just kind of like, oh, she's so fragile. I don't know what this episode was. And I was like, it's not an episode. It was an emotion. And you saw it for 15, 10, 15 minutes. I wasn't like sobbing all day. And yeah, in that situation, it was, they were kind of like, yeah, just let her go. And like, she's clearly unbalanced. And it's funny because they, this company's reached out to me more than once um, over the years to just like ask me if I wanted to come back. And like the first few times HR was like, we know when you left, you were like going through a lot of emotional stuff. And I was like, what narrative are you guys? <laughs> what, what are on my, what are in my files? Yeah. What I was did like, you, I was what box did you going tick? through anything? <laughs> I just had a conversation that like maybe got a little too real so yeah, I think I think with leadership you have to <sighs> be careful. But I do, like I said, I want to share that I have benefited from mm-hmm. showing myself, and so I don't want people to feel like they can't. There is you have to you have to figure it out because I also agree that you can't just be like having mental breakdowns like me every day. Apparently, <laughs> but yeah, you I gotta look out for you, Renee. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> like unhinged. Uh, and yeah, I don't think I, I don't, I am not like a, I am mostly not a closed off person. And so I don't think, I mean, it like affected me during that time. And I still get a little like triggered by like some of those people there. But I also don't think that they're the role. <laughs> they're the exception in like a good, in a good way, in a way that other people would have taken things that I've said and like 
you know, and, and just we're all experiencing this life together and wouldn't have been so like reactive to something that a lot of people want to go through and that's like parenthood. And so I also have had positive experiences where um, I've had managers who I've told like openly told like, yeah, you know, that's something that I want in life. I haven't figured that out yet. And they've shared their own personal stories with it and, you know, have encouraged it and have listened and were way more empathetic than like narcissistic about it. <laughs> yeah. She's gonna leave us. I'm like, why would I leave when I'm pregnant? Okay. But yeah, yeah actually doesn't really make much sense. Literally makes zero sense. <laughs> um, yeah, no. So I think, I think with any kind of work friend, whether it's laterally like other colleagues we haven't talked about this and we can, pro- this is probably a different conversation. We won't have time for it today, but whether it's the people above you or your direct reports, like navigating that relationship with someone who's reporting mm. up into mm-hmm. you. I think, I think my takeaway is just pr- proceed with caution, but don't, that doesn't mean to not open up to the possibility of it, because I think mm-hmm. you can find that community at many levels Um And I Mm -hmm. think it can serve you both in your current organization and your current path. And if you decide to pilot something totally new um, and or just outside of piloting, just like living your life and like having people around you who care about you. Mm -hmm. um, Yeah. So be mindful, but that doesn't mean be silent. I will say, I think some of the biggest supporters on my end for the piloting podcast, our piloting journey um, thus far have actually been all of like a lot of my previous coworkers and work besties. Like I have seen such like a strong support for what's ahead in my life with those people. Um, and like, yeah, I guess my last thought around it is we're all <laughs> experiencing this human experience together. And so let's enjoy it together And so, like, at work, don't be an (laughs) a-hole. And you know what I mean? Like, find community with each other, exhibit kindness, and seek friendships because and and seek connections. Like, not saying you need to, like, lay all the guts out on the table and they need to be all up in your business all the time. I think you can be responsible for the boundaries that you create for those friendships. But, um I, I mean, I just believe like we can find connection with a lot of people in the world and especially like at work. And uh, the more we do that, the more understanding we have, the more empathy we have, and then just the more support that we all feel. So it's like a win-win to me to like seek out good people, good friendships. And if they turn to be besties, great. Not all of them have to be. And that's okay too. 100%. But shout out to my work besties. Shout Y'all out know to who my you work are. besties. Yeah, they've like <laughs> they've held me down at every job, and I think I've done the same for them. And it's just been great. It's just another way to meet people too. Like yeah. it's hard to meet people as an adult sometimes. So well, meet like friends. And I've always been lucky that like my workplace has been a treasure trove of mm-hmm. people who've stuck around. Yeah, especially when people have seen you at some of your 
lowest <laughs> stressed out moments oh and my still God. love you for it. There are you things I mean? that like my work friends have seen that like any like romantic partner would like go running from the hills. He'd be like, she's <laughs> crazy. And I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm a delicate I'm flower. Just having a moment. <laughs> just having a moment. You would too if homeboy was like saying this to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shout out to the work besties. This one's for you. <laughs> Aww. Uh, switching gears, uh, what's your gold star this week? Um, it is The Waitress Musical with <gasps> Sarah Bareilles. I saw it in the movie theaters. I don't know. So they were only releasing it for like five days, but I think they've like extended it over. And I think, so they might be, having it shown longer but i did not get the chance to see it on broadway um for those who don't know waitress was a book i forgot who it was written by it was adapted into a broadway musical that the songs were written by sarah Bareilles, and then she performed for like a certain period of time on broadway as like jenna the main character and they recorded that uh, performance and they were showing it in movie theaters Whew. Um, but wow like I've seen the movie I knew she wrote the music for it so like, I, I listened to it like the original Broadway cast and like her versions of it uh, and her performance just like blew me away I mean I love Sarah Bareilles I've been a fan of her since like we were in high school um, and yeah she, that if, if it's still playing in movie theaters and it's playing near you, watch it. Watch it. I regret that I didn't actually see it on Broadway with Sarah. I love that that's your gold star because this weekend on Saturday night, I was hanging out with some of my friends. And at one point in the night, we were just like watching music videos and we went down a rabbit hole of everyone sharing their favorite renditions of she used to be mine kind of like the big ballad moment um, of the musical and it was it was just a bunch of a bunch of us just clicking through oh I like this actor's version I watched this one and we watched I think maybe 30 minutes of just different versions of that song so that's crazy that you said that yeah I she's like it I don't know much about like I don't have like musicality per se but like a bunch of people would on like TikTok will like listen to her versions of songs and um, like uh, voice teachers or singing singing teachers would kind of like judge it and say like oh like what she's doing with this and what she does with her voice here like I think she's very highly respected in like the music world um, and I love her but what about you what's your gold star? Um, my gold star is also related to movies. It is Alamo Drafthouse. So Alamo Drafthouse is a chain of movie cinemas. Um, they're in several cities and states across the U.S. And what I love about the Alamo is several things. So the design of the cinemas are really cool. Like they're covered, they're colorful, they're wacky, the interior hallways have posters of old cinema um like old movie posters um both domestic like american films and international films so like just the branding is really cool 
their slate of movies is always amazing. It's always a mix of mainstream movies that everyone's seeing, plus indie flicks, plus foreign films. So it's it's a great place to discover different kinds of movies. Like my feeling with the Alamo is that the people who run it and work there must like really have an appreciation for cinema and film because it's not just the biggest Marvel movie. And I love the Marvel movies, so I'm not I'm not coming for big blockbusters, <laughs> but like in one cinema it will be the blockbusters and the next one it will be a film from Japan and subtitles. Mm. And in this one it's an old movie from 45 years ago that they're like doing a replay of. And in that one it's you know, it's just like a nice yeah. blend of yeah, stuff. Yeah. And third, they serve food while you're eating. You can order food and drinks. That includes alcoholic drinks for those 21 and up. And it's just a vibe. Like I was there this week. Clarify that, Renee. Yeah, like not for the kids, but it's a vibe. Like I was there this weekend. I saw American Fiction, great movie, and I am going there again this week to see the new Miyazaki film, The Boy and the Heron. And I just, I, I love it. It's, it's a cool community. If, if your city has one, it's just a great place to be. I feel like with other film lovers and get food, recliners, cool vibe. Yeah, I, I love the Alamo Draft House. I haven't been to it yet, but I know there's one in Raleigh. There is, um, yeah. And so I'll be there soon. And the Raleigh one has <laughs> recliners. The seats recline, which oh, as, in my old I'm age, so movie theaters. I love that. <laughs> oh my God. I am I so glad. I kick my feet up. <laughs> <laughs> I, there, I, from like when we were in high school, we had like a movie theater like right down the road from us. The time, the amount of times I went to the movie theater in high school, like I have, I used to save my ticket stubs. I don't anymore because, you know, online, but like three inches of just like ticket stubs from high school, like so many. Um, So yeah, I love, I love going to the movies. Me too. There's something nice about, I, I'm a big fan of cinema, but there's something nice about being in a movie theater because it forces me to not look at my phone. Like. When I'm at home on Netflix oh, or yeah. something, I will multitask. And I like being forced to be in a dark area where it's it's just I'm doing one just, thing. I'm just you're watching enthralled. Like the I mean, movie. you're just like yes. No one's in it. washing like, dishes behind me. There's not like a <laughs> you know, it's just like we're all here in this present moment. The midnight premieres. Oh my god. Like what an era of like midnight premieres for Harry Potter. In mid- and people dressed up, midnight Twilight, premieres. Twilight, The Hunger Games. Twilight. Yeah. Oh, my God. I know. that I probably just outed myself as a big nerd, but did all uh, of that. <laughs> did we? I'm like, we probably saw a lot of those together, actually, if I'm, like, recalling. <sighs> um, but what are you manifesting? I am manifesting. It's a quote from a book that I'm currently reading. I'm reading Act Like a Success, Think Like a Success by Steve Harvey. And one of the quotes in the book um, is surround yourself with native successful speakers. And that's what I'm manifesting. Like his whole thing is like, speak to speak to yourself with the language of success. Like be really careful of how you talk about yourself. And it's helpful to when you're trying to improve how you speak about yourself to surround yourself with other people who speak that same language of success and are moving in that same direction. So that's what I'm manifesting. Like surround yourself with native successful speakers because it will rub Mm. off and help you learn 
Just like if you're learning Spanish to hang out with Spanish speakers, uh-huh. hang out That's with people who speak the language of success. That's the key. Thank you, Steve Harvey. Um, I, well, this is not, I mean, we should expect this at this point. Mine is very related to people, the theme of surrounding yourself with people. And my manifestation comes from a manifestation card that I received at yoga. Like she passes it around at the beginning of class and yogi's choice. If you want to read it before class or after, I typically like to read after. And the card I got was everyone's a teacher. Everyone I cross paths with is a teacher in that moment. The ones who give me the fun lessons are the ones I call friends. The ones who give me the hard lessons I sometimes call a-holes. They've chosen a tough job, but someone's got to do it. So today, I'm thanking all the a-holes. Thank you, a-holes, for playing your part in making me a better person. And just how relatable. We said shout out to our work besties. So after this manifestation card, also shout out to the (laughs) a-holes. You've made me, you've made me better. You've made me stronger. I love it. Yeah. Shout out to my haters, the (laughs) a-holes. Shout out. Shout out to the haters, baby. (laughs) I feel like we're getting ready to like write a rap song. (laughs) Oh, no, no, no. You don't want that from me. (laughs) You definitely don't want it from me either. (laughs) Got no Um, swag. Well, yeah, I think that was like a perfect manifestation to round out the episode. Um, Everyone's a teacher. I like that. And hold on to the good ones and call them your friends. Yeah. (laughs) And just thank the a-holes and then send them off. Yeah, (laughs) everyone has a role to play. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, this is our last episode before, if you celebrate Christmas, before Christmas. Um, But just in general, happy holidays to everyone. Um, Hopefully you can find some common peace in the chaos of end of your madness, the end of your dash. Yes. Happy holidays, everyone. Um, Hope you get some rest and spend some time with your loved ones or with yourself. And we'll catch you next week. Bye. Bye.